0: Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as he sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today.
1: A scripture will come from Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24. A couple of scriptures. These are theme scriptures as we are going through this evaluation, self-assessment evaluation. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 says search me O God and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in everybody else no in me and lead me in the way everlasting I love the first two words in that verse it says search me that's right search me say search me, search me. that ought to be our prayer search me me, Lord. And then uh, Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, examine yourselves. Say examine yourselves. Examine Say everybody else, examine yourself. Thank you. To see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine salvation. We want to at this time continue our spiritual self-evaluation in order to grow and, and check out our deficiencies, spiritual deficiencies to make the necessary spiritual adjustments to grow into maturity and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with that being said, here's a series of questions we pose so that you can spiritually self-check yourself to the glory of God. Number one. Has there been an increase or decrease in reading and meditating on the Word of God? Has there been an increase or decrease in reading and meditating on the Word of God? Joshua 1:8, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest deserve to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success." In other words, that's a wonderful question we need to pose to ourselves. Has there been an increase or decrease in your reading, in our reading and meditating on the word of God? In other words, living the successful Christian life is based upon decreasing our time in those things that are not essential. Say not essential. Say it a little bit louder. Decreasing those things in our lives that are not essential and spending more time In God's presence, reading his word, meditating on his word and applying the word of God to our lives. In other words, the Bible says when you meditate on the word of God day and night, it says here, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then you shall have good success. Success will not come. uh, Spiritual success will not come apart from reading and meditating on the word of God. Now, some of you say, well, I see these people that have lots of money and millionaires and big houses that that may be success from the world's perspective, but that is not success from God's perspective. You can have the things of this world and not be spiritually successful. That's right. So it is critical that we grow into maturity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which means that we need to weed out a whole lot if we're going to get. Get to day and night meditating on the word of God day and night. That means that a whole lot of things have to be weeded out in order for you to get to that day and night principle. Uh, you you can't wake up with television and go to bed with television and expect to have success from God's perspective. That's right. There are things you have to cut back on your time talking, or your time on the Internet and. Uh, Your time just uh, reading magazines and all these other books and you get to make league books and all these kinds of things. And you never get to the word of God. You know, you can get to a whole lot of books and never get to the Bible. <laughs> even books can keep you from the Bible. Matter of fact, even a lot of Christian books. i mean, This is a big thought. Even a lot of Christian books can keep you from the Bible. Matter of fact, if they tell you the truth. They all should be telling you, go to your Bible first, because that's the source. If they're speaking from the source, then you ought to go to the what source. And that's how you have spiritual success from God's perspective. God wants you successful. He does not want you just barely making it as a Christian. He wants you soaring and flying and being all you could be living up to your God's given your God given potential to the glory of God. Secondly. Are you attending Sunday school? If so, how do you rate your attendance? Are you attending Sunday school? Uh, if so, how do you rate your attendance? 2 uh, Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Now, uh, so uh, some of you are not in Sunday school and you don't have a Sunday school teacher. You don't even know the name of a teacher. You don't. And if you're not in Sunday school, that means you don't have your curriculum. And if you're in Sunday school, uh, uh, you ought not be there without your Sunday school curriculum. You don't go to hopefully you don't go to college or high school without your books or something. And I know they go on iPads and everything else. Something or uh, your tools to work with to advance yourself academically. And so must we have our curriculum and our materials to grow into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sunday school gives gives you an opportunity to to interact with your your class and teacher. It gives you Sunday school gives you an opportunity to interact with your class and teacher. You say, well, I don't know anybody here. Get on Sunday school class. That's how you make friends. Get in a small group ministry. And some of you don't know anybody because you want to be lost, you know, in the, in the crowd. But but if you want friends, you got to show yourself to be what? Friendly. So get in a Sunday school class, get to know your teacher, interact with other students of like minds, make new friends, grow as a result of studying God's word together. Yeah, uh, we're required by God to be serious students of the Word of God. No, God there's no that there, God doesn't call us to be illiterate biblically. We are to be serious students of the Word of God. If you have the gift of preaching or teaching, uh, you're to accurately divide and cut straight the truth of God's Word. That's right. You are to accurately divide and cut straight the truth of God's word to God's people without compromise, without compromise. And when you cut it straight, you're going to make some people mad. And uh, but you're not called to be popular. That's right. You're called to be courageous And you to cut the truth of God's word straight, Sunday school teachers, vacation Bible school teachers, women's ministry teachers or whatever you're teaching, uh, substitute teachers. Uh, People can't be helped downgrading the word of God, Uh, taking it out of context, misapplying it, wrong interpretation. People can't grow through poor hermeneutics. You have to cut straight the word of God without compromise and not be afraid of what people are going to say or think about you or you're upsetting them. The word of God should upset you so much so that you want to do something about yourself. Huh? So that, that's very critical. Number three, here's another question we pose in order to evaluate yourself to see where you are spiritually in your walk with the Lord. Third question today. Are you repenting and confessing your sins daily? Are you repenting and confessing your sins daily? And are you experiencing a decreasing sin factor in your life? Are you repenting and confessing your sins how often? Daily. And are you experiencing a decreasing sin factor in your life? In other words, I get up in the morning, confess my, my sins. I confess my sins during midday. I confess my sins in the evening. Matter of fact, before I even came out here to preach in my office, I was confessing my sin, asking God to purge me so there'll be no blockages as, as God used me to dispense his words to his people. You know, I want to be a, I want to be a clear channel through which the word of God can flow to God's people that lies be transformed to the glory of God. Amen. And that should be your heart's desire as well. So, so, so are you repenting and confessing your sins daily? And are you experiencing a decreasing sin factor in your life? In other words, as you grow in the Lord, there'll be less sin in your life. If you 20 years in as a Christian, or to find you sinning lesser than you were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you see. Uh, 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is it's not in us. He well, I'm not sinning. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. And you're saying God's word is not true. Because the word of God says, by the beloved apostle John, if we say that we have no sin, Oh, my God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in Romans, there's none righteous. No, not one. If we say that we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves. In other words, you are self-deceived and the truth is not in you. If we confess, you know what does confess? What does the word confess mean? Confess means to agree with God about your sin. To say the same thing that God says about your sins. You see, so if we confess our sins, sin is missing the missing the mark. It, it, it's disobeying the word of God. It's going contrary to the law of God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what cleanse us from what all unrighteousness as we mature in Christ. Sin should be decreasing in the believer's life as we seek to live holy through continual repenting and confessing our sins. That's right. There, there should be a decrease of sin in our lives as we seek to live holy through continual repenting and confessing our sins. Also, a continual confession of sin gives evidence of one's salvation. That's how you know you're saved. When you're dealing with your sins continuously, it gives evidence that you are in Christ. If you could sin and could care less and you can go down and go. You can lay down and go to sleep, and you don't even lose. I mean, it doesn't bother you, doesn't grieve you, and you just snow all over the place. I really doubt the validity of your salvation when you've been born again and you know God. The Holy Spirit will be grieved in you to the extent that it will disturb you. <laughs> That's right. It will. Your Holy Ghost will mess with you when you are sinning in order to get you back online and in harmony and in sync. With the authoritative word of God. Fourth question for self-evaluation. Is the spirit of rejoicing upon you. Or have you allowed your circumstances. Your health. uh, Difficult people. Failure. Or negative thoughts to steal your joy. Wow that's a big one. Is the spirit of rejoicing upon you. Or have you allowed your circumstances? In other words, you, you're looking at where you are in life and your situation. Uh, maybe things you brought upon yourself or maybe things came into your life that you don't have, You didn't bring upon yourself. Somebody else brought it on you, whichever way. But if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, your circumstances will take you under. Same thing about your health. Uh, so many of you get t- so tired of being sick that you've lost your joy. But if God has left you here in the midst of sickness, he has a purpose and a will for your life. And you, my friend, are to glorify God in your health and in your sickness. As a matter of fact, Paul prayed that the thorn would be removed. He prayed three times and God says, I'm not moving anything. My grace is sufficient. You know, and uh, God can receive his glory in your health. And God can be glorified as well as in your sickness. Uh, there will be how many of you have difficult people in your life could be closer than you think or closer than you already. Or you already know who they are? Well, they can steal your joy if you let them. That's right. As long as they know you, they're messing you up. They're going to keep messing you up. That's right. But if you look beyond them to Jesus, you're going to be all right. Your spirit of rejoicing can be taken away by your your failure. Failure, focusing on your failure and the things that uh, you've messed up and uh, you've done things that God told you not to do. Uh, you went another direction. You didn't hear God and you just uh, beating yourself up over and over and over. And all of a sudden you can't rejoice. Repent. Move on from there. God does not want you to stay there. Who in there has not messed up or gone the wrong direction or fallen short or said something you shouldn't have said or seen something you shouldn't have seen or heard something you should have. You, you shouldn't have heard. Uh, get up, dust your spiritual britches off and move on. And uh, don't focus on uh, uh, focusing on your negative thoughts as well uh, can take away the spirit of rejoicing. Rehearse, keep rehearsing over and over things that people have said, have done, or strategized against you uh, with ill motives and all of this. And you know that you've been betrayed and on and on and you just reliving it. And all of us can be victims of this because Satan knows where to get us. Yeah, Satan knows how to, Satan knows how to punch your spiritual button. He knows how to push your spiritual button. He knows your weakness. Don't you think Satan don't know your weakness? And uh, negative thoughts is a way of keeping you from rejoicing in the God of your salvation. And you keep faking on these negative things. You, God, Satan just keeps assaulting your mind. And all of a sudden you get to focusing on that and rehearsing it and rehearsing it, reliving it and reliving it. And all of a sudden you, aspire, you see yourself spiral right in the midst of depression. Uh, let me. I got a scripture in light of that. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Wow. In your presence. This fasting and prayer time. You got those sheets we passed out. uh, So that you can uh, fill out. And uh, participate in our 40 days of fasting and prayer here at Maranatha. You will have joy. As you sit in God's presence. Being still in God's presence. Wow. You will show me joy. The path of life. When you sit before God, God will show you the way you you need to go in life's journey. In your presence. Whose presence? God's presence is fullness of joy. Now you got to get out of the presence of world and people and things and, and sit down, be yourself still. Stop being so busy and enjoy the presence of God. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God wants you to have fullness of joy, not partial joy, but full joy. As we sit in his presence, meditating on him, asking him to search us, sift us, mold us and make us. As a matter of fact, Philippians 4, 4, chapter 4, verse 4 says rejoice in the Lord. How long? Oh, every other day, once a month. No, rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Again, I will say what? Rejo- twice in this verse, he says rejoice, and, rejoice, and then he says rejoice. Maintaining a spirit of rejoicing is based on keeping Jesus as the object of your focus. you got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. you gotta, you got to keep your eyes focused on Jesus to gaze on him and having a right spiritual perspective. Do you realize looking at life issues in a wrong way can steal your joy. Whatever happens to you by people in the church, uh, by, uh, uh, on your job, with your children, you can look at that thing in an ungodly, unspiritual way and mess yourself up. Or you can stand still and say, God, what are you trying to reveal to me in the midst of this? I pray, God, give me some spiritual insight on where I am at this juncture of my life, God, I don't understand what's going on, and it, this is not just happen. You saw it coming, so, and I don't want to miss what you're trying to teach me, lest I learn the lesson of uh, the hard way or repeat the course. You know, I don't like repeating courses, and some, but sometimes we have to because we don't get it the first time, and uh, oftentimes. We don't we miss the, the essence of the spiritual perspective that God would have us know. And sometimes you look at something in a bad way, but, but you need to ask yourself, is there another way I can look at this from God's spiritual perspective? You can, it's like seeing a glass half empty or what half full it is, it's how you it's how you look at it. And, and, and God, God will give you spiritual perspective if you just tell him to show you. Tell them to show you and don't live on your emotions, not living on your anger. You know, you got to have peace of mind so God can clarify uh, some of the issues that are prevalent in your life. Are you all hanging with me? Oh, God, help me preach this message. And if we take this to heart, we'll find ourselves so much better off spiritually. Here's the next question. This is this self-evaluation is 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 to enhance us to stimulate us to make the necessary spiritual adjustments to mature into Christ likeness number 5 do you run with company that brings the best or worst in you <laughs> do you run with company that brings out of you the best or worst in you what kind of what, what's your company like what kind of who is your company You need to take an assessment of your company during this season of fasting and prayer. Some of y'all got some company that needs to be weeded out, and I'm not talking about your wife or husband. (laughs) Okay? I'm not talking about your brothers. He said, honey, he just told me to divorce you. I knew it. That's my sign. I got it. No, don't you go there. (laughs) Don't go there. Some of y'all waiting for (laughs) loopholes. your company like? First Corinthians 15 in the New Living Translation it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. And so parents, some of you, you you're really good at telling your children watch the company you keep, watch the company you keep, and you ought to be telling them that because company can't mess them up, but you need to be watching the company you keep. Company UK can make you a better mother, worse mother, better father, worse father, and on and on it goes. Don't here's a big thought I want you to capture, I want you to get now. So, oh God, has this this message is loaded with spiritual truth. Don't allow yourself to have an open door to let just anyone come into your life. Y'all need to write that down and bracket it. Don't allow yourself to have on what kind of door? Open door to let just anyone come into your life, prance into your life. Uh, permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who you are not to be in close association with. Allow the Lord. Permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who you are in close association with. Allow him to screen that, to sift that to the glory of God. It's the difference between success and failure. Don't allow yourself to have an open door to let just anyone into your life. Permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who are not to be in close association with. It's the difference between success and failure. And people, you let some people into your life, they will shipwreck your life. Then all of a sudden, they're out of your life, you can't find them, and you're left with this unholy mess. And the truth be told, you shouldn't have had a relationship with them in the first place. I'm going to say something a little bit deeper here. No, no I'm not gonna, I hope I don't scare you. This is not written there are some Christians you need to turn loose. If they're gossipy and they're just comp- habitual complainers and they're carnal and materialistic and they're bringing the worst out of you, you know, uh, uh, you need to begin to do a little paradigm shift. I'm not saying don't speak to them and walk all the way up the side and say, I ain't talking to you no more. I'm not saying that. You say, well, we say, I'm not saying that in it. Everything needs to be done in the spirit with balance. Okay. But there can be a gradual lessening uh, of involvement in that relationship without being offensive while you're doing it. And God will show you how to do it. How to do it. Some relations you need to back off because truth be told, some Christians even bring the worst out of you. And some folk that call themselves Christians are not Christians anyhow. That's a whole nother matter of concern. Okay, I think y'all got the point on that. All I'm saying in conclusion on that point, bad company will mess you up if you don't allow the Lord to screen or separate uh, those who you're not to be in close relationship with. Uh, Number six, does the world love you or hate you? Does the world love you or hate you? Isn't that a good question? A simple question, but a profound question. Does the world love you or hate you? The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 to 19, it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hateth me before it hateth you. In other words, that's not new. Jesus said the world hated me before it started hating you. Verse 19, if you were of the world, in other words, doing what they do, saying what they say, Huh? Living like they live, the world would love its own the world. Just and you can see who the world loves. Just watch who the world just lift up, who they're crazy about, make icons over. I don't want to call any names, but you, but you have enough spiritual sense, I hope, to be able to detect those folk uh, that are uh, of this world. Huh? Huh? So if verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own yet because you are not of the world. But I chose you out of the world. huh? Therefore, the world hates you. Why? Because you're not pattering your life according to this
0: world system. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. Or call us at 210-821-5683.